clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. This is Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And this is Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. This is you've done this a couple times now, by the way. Are, are you, you are you struggling with my inflection points? No, again? I mean you just you're changing the words. This is Dr. Tara Jansen. Like this. The, the, well, this is Jeremiah James. You've done that a couple times. I don't know if you're just doing it to, to throw me off before we start. I don't understand I what's mean, I'm happening. I really, I'm not really putting that much thought into it. I'm just sort of, you know. So you're saying I'm overthinking it. Is what you're I saying. think you might be overthinking it. Okay. <laughs> and we are back, folks. Good to see you, Doc. Good to see you seem rested today. You seem like, uh, you know, we're recording a little bit earlier. Maybe took a little uh, me time, maybe, huh? Maybe? Not really, but okay. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> All right. There. Look, you're here. So I have a couple of announcements about announcements. So sadly, the Amy book ended up being delayed because of processing issues with all the different stuff that's happening in ports and stuff like that and the books being made. So uh, we have a little bit of a delay but I will let you all know when the Amy book officially is going to be released. It really was supposed to be Halloween you know, weekend. I'm just shaking. You, you all can't see this. I'm just shaking my head at Jeremiah. I'm like, this is why you don't make an announcement before I, an announcement. I, well, I made the announcement because it was especially specifically <laughs> uh, the announcement. But then it got well, delayed that's... because of all of the shipping problems and all the different things and making the books. And I, it, listen, it's it a was delayed. But it's a bummer. That's happening in so many ways. Exactly. So. To so many people in so many different aspects of business. So because of that, we, I will let everybody know when that book is ready to rock and roll. And Amy is going to be out there for your listening and reading pleasure. It's very exciting. It's the first book coming out of the University of Pleasure. And uh, sadly, it was just delayed. It happens. So, and, you know, it is what it is. So we keep on rolling, Doc, right? Yes. We'll keep on rolling. We keep on rolling. Um. I also would like to say that I'm feeling good about this episode today before we even start. I know that in the beginning you were trying to throw me off. I know that you were trying to get me off my game because this is not your favorite type of episode because it just annoys you and that you want to throw a wrench in my engine before I even got started. But you know what? You can't. I'm like Teflon. Nothing sticks. Okay. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Hang on a second. Where were you going with that? <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere. Exactly where you were going. We were going in the same place. Don't worry about it. Let's not question it. Okay. Because uh, you know, I'm going to let it go. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to deep dive because I'm excited. This is one of my favorite episodes, as we all know. And I know what you were thinking because everybody out there went, oh, it's another Jeremiah's Sex Tech Corner, which our millions of fans love to listen to. But this is. Questions and answers, throwing them at the dock, and then she's got to say, good advice, bad advice, thumbs up, thumbs down, 
and we try to back her into a corner to get her out of her gray space to say yay or nay. That's what this is all about. One second. One second. Did we change the title of this segment to questions and answers? (laughs) No, I said what it was afterwards. I was saying it's questions and answers, but, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. so the segment is good advice, bad advice. Is that what we're doing? Yes. <laughs> Didn't I say that? Yeah, in the mix of a lot of other words, I think. She's All right, well, then I apologize for my word salad. But it's good advice, bad advice. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Getting the doc out of her gray and bring her into the world of black and white. Right? Boom. Yeah. There we go. Well, I mean, what I... You know what? what I'm going to be honest with you. I don't mean to stop you. I think we're going to have to come up with a theme song for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to our illustrious composer... Robert Felstein out of Manhattan. I'm going to say, Robert, I need a theme song for good advice, bad advice. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Dun, dun, dun. For the doc. What do you think? I, you know what? Sure. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if, if there's any way that we can make the introduction of this even longer before getting actually to the material you'd like to present, <laughs> we, should, we should really go for it. <laughs> All right. Millions of fans out there in the world of University of Pleasure, you heard the doc say she wants a theme song. Two thumbs up. So we're going to make that happen. As long as as long as we can continue our trend of providing the world's longest intros before getting to meaningful content. That's this is what's not that long. We're only at like five minutes. This is not that long. I still had to talk about the Amy book that didn't come out when it was supposed to because of shipping delays. I had to talk about a bunch of... We're not that far. You know what? Now I'm going to... Now it's going too long because I'm having to make an excuse when I don't need to make an excuse. We'll edit it out. We'll edit All right? it out. So, good advice, bad advice. And what I'm really excited about, two things. Did you pick something in this century this time? It's from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's from the 80s. I was thinking, because, you know, we've gone through all these big novels and we've gone through these things. I was thinking, like, what what other, they're like... Not, well, they're not novels. Well, you know what I mean. Like... Nonfiction. Non... What, what, I'm just trying to talk here, Doc. Can you sorry. stop? I mean... I'm sorry. Jeepers. We've gone... Big, thick books. Okay? <laughs> 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 okay? Big, thick books. And I thought Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's literary corner. <laughs> that's exactly correct. And I thought, when I was growing up, where did I pick up some fun fact knowledge about sex, right? And so uh, I started deep diving, did a little meditation on it, okay. And I thought to myself, ah, Playboy magazines, Playboy magazines, Doc, for I many. Mean- Cisgender male men in my age bracket, right? Because now they don't even. I mean, do I won't. I won't. You know, it's it's actually probably pretty true that like that was a place that people got a lot of sex advice and like that's true for better or worse. I mean, sometimes better, maybe sometimes not. That's that is a place that people commonly went to. So well, because that's... you would go in, and you know, when they always say things like, "I read Playboy for the articles." For me, sometimes. Sometimes that was true because they have advice in there. And so I pulled one out only because it's a little known fact that I named my recent truck Goldie Hawn because she's a little bit older, blonde coloring, right? Like a shimmery blonde coloring of the truck. But she's older because she's an older truck. She's my project truck. 
So she's older, but she's still sexy. You know what I'm saying? Goldie I mean, Goldie Hawn. Hawn's classic. She's classic. She's a classic, right? So I pulled up the Goldie Hawn Playboy from the archives. And I thought, here's a good place to do good advice, bad advice. Thumbs up, yeah. thumbs down. Here we go. What, what year What year is it? 1985. Oh, mid-80s. Solid mid-80s. She, she would have been doing quite well. Goldie. Oh, yeah. Very well. This would have been like right around like Overboard with Kurt Russell. All the classics. I'm presuming as an aside that she, she wasn't. Uh, providing nude photos, but more an interview. Yes, it was just an interview with Goldie Hawn. I mean, not to say it would have been problematic in either direction. Just curious. That's right. And this was January 85, so it's right in the beginning of 85. Okay? So, this first one, I really thought, would be good for you to, <laughs> okay. to give a thumbs up, thumbs down, specific review. Okay. So, here we go. My partner sometimes worries aloud that we make love too frequently. We've been together for nine years and previously had been friends, keeping an intermittent too close touch sans carnal knowledge for five years before beginning our long, intimate, and continuing relationship. During this time, seven years cohabitating and too married, we have made love on average of 520 times per year. Okay. That, that's, that's pretty detailed. I've just got to be honest, okay? Uh, when I read that the yeah. first time, I was like, really? You're keeping track to that degree? I mean... And that does sound... That's it. That's a high level of organization and tracking. Yeah, I okay. won't lie. We both have kept journals since our undergraduate days, including this and other data of personal interests. They sound like nerds. I'm sorry. They, this, this couple sounds kind of nerdy. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being a nerd. I'm a big nerd in other ways. So I'm just saying. The figures would have been even higher, except that our careers keep us separated from two weeks to two months a year. At first, I was convinced that this sexual frequency was a fluke, and I'd revert to two or three times weekly after this new fantastic affair had cooled. But it has persisted, undiminished, and in fact becomes better. We both had a number of love affairs before, including one or more live-in situations. I am more than two decades her senior. She is now 34. Well, good on you, buddy. Well, see, this is 1985. He's probably not alive anymore. Otherwise, he'd be like 100, right? I'm not good with math. I'm just, that's what I gather. <laughs> okay. So, um, we make love at any hour, and including oral, anal, and conventional, mostly in quotes, sex, often in unlikely places. We have done it in the open. One of the most stimulating experiences when we were taking shelter under a rock ledge in a severe thunderstorm with lightning flashing and hail pelting her cute bikini clad behind. Where the hell were they where it was <laughs> big balls of ice falling from the sky, but she's still chilling in a bikini. <laughs> Just... Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you keep going. I'm I'm curious about some of the details here. Yeah. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Keep going. Once after being separated for a week, we screwed seven times in one day, and some two years later, following one of our infrequent arguments, we did it eight times in 24 hours. 
None were wham-bams. All were complete and satisfying. Some of our best sex has been during her periods when she's sometimes it will, when she sometimes is remarkably turned on. Now, I think that's science right there, right? Because that's something that does happen from time to time. For some people. For, okay, for some people. Oh, for some people. Okay. Before this great love, I recall only average frequency based upon Playboy's sex survey figures and usually ho-hum partners. Is there such a thing as too much sex? We're both remarkably healthy and happy and widely Indeed, and second, could be a special partner make so much difference in one's sexual energy? Ah, heaven, I know thee well. JJW Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, well, before you go, I'm assuming there's like then the reply, right? Yes, well, I'm going to get there. So that's the whole story. Can I just say one thing? I don't know if the term uh, humble brag was in parlance <laughs> <laughs> in 1985, but this doesn't feel so much like a question, more of like, let me brag for a hot minute and have you put it in the magazine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is like, this is like, what is your personal weakness? Like, I'm just too perfect. <laughs> I'm just too great. And everything's going so good. And is it just too much goodness? Is it too much great? Because everything is so great. So here is the response from a Playboy professional sex educator. Wait, wait, what? Do we know that that's, (laughs) was that an actual title or are we just throwing that out there? I mean, I'm just tossing it out there. Clearly, they must be some sort of professional. They're giving advice here, right? That's what this is. That's where I learned a lot of things that make me the lover man that I am today. I, I think, mean, I yeah. guess technically someone was being paid to give this advice. So, yeah. So there sure. you go. A Playboy sexual advice person. Their response is, there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. As long as you and your partner feel good, you can't possibly be overdoing it. Take pride in the fact that the two of you are so active and so far above average Maybe she is a special lady. Maybe the act of keeping a journal raises the sexual temperature. The unexamined sex life is not worth living. Okay. (laughs) So first and foremost, I would like to say, do you think that keeping a sex journal makes it hotter, Doc? Um, I mean, these people, this guy clearly is some sort of data, you know, data analyst of some kind. I mean, I don't know. That is, that is notable, right? People, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was like a fun kind of game they played and it is entirely possible that there was something around like about that, that like almost became a bit of a game. Like, let's see how high we can get our number or whatever it is. So that is entirely possible, but I will tell you right now, this is, more of a, a side note on journaling how often you have sex. You got to remember most of the time that I see that is not in the most positive of context. Well, I was going to say, like, if somebody was it's... telling me that they were journaling over our sexual behavior and then showed up to a therapist appointment with actual numbers and data streams, I can't imagine that that would go over well. Uh, well, um, like, I think the way I've seen it more is where somebody is feeling resentful. Yeah. And concerned about what's not happening. So they're tracking what 
is. Doc, everybody that just heard what I said knows everything that you're saying was baked into that pie. Okay, no, I maybe didn't say it in such a nuanced format, but clearly that's what I was saying. Sure, okay. (laughs) I guess I'm (laughs) all right. Um, I'm just saying that that is something that can be very upsetting to partners, right? Because nobody likes like, are you like, yeah, like, it doesn't often go off well of like, you've been tracking me. Like I've had people come in with like stuff on their like calendar and they're marking it and their partner is like, none of that makes me want to be sexual more. No. So I I, I, be would, I would say that like the tracking, if it's like a, a fun game that two people are consensually playing together, which is kind of true of a lot of things we talk about with sex, then maybe that could be fun and amp stuff up. I don't know. Like that's certainly possible. I, I will not lie, like some of the details in that feel um completely you know, fake. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, they might be like that's that is a lot like you know, it's a typical there's always a there's always a typicality. I gotta be honest, I don't believe that this person's a real human being. I think that this is the same person who answered the question probably wrote the answer. You know, this whole thing probably wrote this story because when you're looking at it, you're like, okay, hang on a second. Hang on. First of all, there was a lot of holes in this in this story for me, and you know, frankly, when he started saying we made love under a rock overhang, and then she was, and it was so hot, and she was being pelted in her behind with you know hail. I'm like, where the hell were you guys that? A storm came running through that you were like out in your bikini and your swimsuits. And then all of a sudden it was hail and you just kept it rolling like that. That's not I mean, to me, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum like the doc says, but I just don't buy that story. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't there is some some intensity uh, around those details. Like I said, there anything's really within the, within the realm of possibility. But I do, if I may, whether or not the story is fabricated or exaggerated or not story, but I guess like version of events. What I do think is an interesting question is the question of, is there such a thing as too much sex? Well, that's what I wanted to get to next. Uh... Yeah. Like that, that I think is an interesting question because there's all sorts of ways that that can come up for people right around. Like, does my partner want too much sex? How much is too much? Like, I think my partner wants sex too much. Right. Or I think I want sex too much. It's, it's not, I don't really have a ton of people coming in with, I think we're having too much. Does that make sense? Like, no, that's of not... course. I don't, I, I can't imagine that both people would come into your office and be like, Hey, we just wanted to see you to make sure that everything's okay with us <laughs> yeah. because we're I mean, I think, having I think that's, so much a, sex. Because it's not causing a problem. Right. Although can you read the, the, cause it was short. Can you read what the advice was again? Of course I can. Of course I can. Let me, because uh, <clears throat> I'm a professional. Ha ha ha. Warmed up. Here we go. There's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Pause. <laughs> Pause right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think I understand the author's sentiments, but just because literally you're asking me to like analyze this stuff um, and over probably critique it. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes there is too much heroin. Right? Yeah, sometimes, like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's going to be, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, like, sometimes, like, okay, let's say that you and your partner were having 
so much sex that you were both skipping out on work all of the time. And like, you were not going to parties. Like, let's say you kept not showing up at parties you had planned to go to or other commitments you had made because you were having so much sex that you just, you know, it's part of like why when people first start relationships, like new relationships with somebody, a lot of times friends can get a little like crabby and bitter because they're like, oh, well, all they want to do is like spend time with their new partner. And then they feel like kind of like, you know, like people forget their other responsibilities or like their other relationships and the importance of those relationships. Oh yeah. And so- Sometimes I don't know that it's like having that much sex is going to harm you, but it could if you're dropping other things that are also important or other important relationships to be like, I mean, like, what do they say, like eight times in one day or something? Eight times in one day. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I don't know how long that's taking. I mean, I guess you could make short order of it or longer order of it, but like, you know, that's. That's not a day off. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, you know, if that was repetitive. And again, like some people do, like, I know people that have daily sex with their partners, right? Like, I know people that are having sex multiple, you know, many times. I think those people are lying to you. I don't think it's real. I'm sorry. That's a myth. I don't buy it. I think you're, I think these people are coming in and they're saying to you, well, yeah, we definitely do it at least once a day. Cause well, I, can I, may I have a caveat to that? Like, I, I'm like, this is a big world and there's a lot of people doing a lot of things. And so atypically, there's probably some couples that are having sex nearly every day with some exceptions and both people are feeling really good about it. I'm going to tell you right now, when I have people often coming, you got to remember, I tend to see people, so this is important to say, I see people when things aren't going well. Okay. I see people sometimes, often when someone's reporting to me, we're having daily sex a fair amount of it is sex people don't really want to be having. Oh, and, see? Aha! Uh-huh. I knew there had to be a caveat there and feel because that obli- can't be real. And feel obligated. But keep in mind, I'm only seeing, like I said, no one's coming in when both people are like, we're having sex every day. We both feel great about it. Like, that's not yeah. when people are coming into my world, right? They're coming into my world. But that's the thing, right? Like, I do have people that I've worked with and that are having daily sex, but the issue is, like, they're not, really enjoying it or they're having more obligatory sex yeah. or they feel like it's I like knew a it was too good to be true I knew I come on I knew it see I'm like a psychic sometimes like I was like well, there's but no the point, way though, but I don't but what I don't know and I'm sure there probably are some people out there that are couples that are having sex nearly every day and they sustain that and it's good and it's fine and it doesn't cause any issues because they're yeah. both on the same page yeah I'd like to see the data that. report on that as long as it was an audiobook format because I don't like to read But anyway, the point is, let's get back to the question at hand here. Is this good advice thus far? Let me re let's go back to the advice here. As long he said, there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. As long as you and your partner feel good, you can't possibly be overdoing it. Take pride in the fact that the two of you are so active and so far above average. Maybe she's a special lady. Maybe. The act of keeping a journal raises that sexual temperature. The unexamined sex life is not worth living. How do we feel? I mean, I think globally, I don't think it's like terrible advice, right? Like basically to me, like I can pick it apart, but really the theme of that advice is, hey, if you're like both having a nice time and then it's probably not a problem. I do think the whole like kind of extremist statements of like, there's nothing as too much as that. What is it like? There's no such thing as too much of a good thing. And if, Mm -hmm. what was the second statement after that? 
As long as you and your partner feel good, you can't possibly be overdoing it. Yeah, that that part. It's the same point that I was making. Like, well, I don't know. You two might not feel like you're overdoing it, but like if you haven't seen any of your friends in like four weeks, they might they might you might <laughs> be causing some problems or if you're like not showing up to family obligations or right. whatever. Like but for the most part, it seems like the sentiment of that advice is like, hey, if the two of you are on the same page with this, like, great, then that's not causing a problem. And that's frankly, probably what I would, if in some fictional land, which doesn't really happen, but probably more in my world, like at a, well, if I ever went to dinner parties, but when I used to, right, if someone comes up and, you know, hand in hand, and they're like, we have sex every day, is that a problem? I'd be like, no, congratulations, have a nice life. Like, is it getting in the way? Like, is it interfering with anything? Is it getting in the way of anything? No, fantastic. Have fun. Bye. Well, we like to journal it and keep tabs on it. All right. Is that causing problems? No. Oh, cool. Knock yourself out if that's what you. That there you go. So hey, listen. Going. I think that the doc says to Playboy sex advice for the first story. Two thumbs up. I, I am saying no thumbs. A hundred percent. I'm not specifically two thumbs saying up. thumbs. I'm not specifically saying thumbs up. You're you're saying thumbs up. I'm reading I, between the lines. Doc says two thumbs up, and I think. This is a good time to take a break because we're going to come back with another story with more Playboy advice from January of 1985. Playboy Goldie Hawn edition episode. Whatever you call this. What was it? What would it be the monthly? What is it? When you get a something. Subscription? Monthly subscription? Or Playboy. this Issue? Issue. God, why couldn't I find that word? All right. We'll be right back. We're back. Got another story for you, Doc. Wait, can I? You, I wanted to just say one more thing because we'll talk about it more in a future podcast. Can I just real quick? Sure. I do in a future podcast when we don't have other things to attend to because I know you want to get to at least one more of these. I do want to talk about like, is it like there is a lot of dialogue room? How much sex is too much sex? Side note, the answer of that is like, it depends. It's very personally oriented. I don't know. I don't right. think it's about the number. I think it's about the intention. But right, it's a good episode to do at some point because that is actually an incredibly common question that people ask. So how much I'm, sex I'm is too much sex? That. I'm earmarking that for a future. A future for... deep dive discussion on one of our, our, our true to original format Yeah, well, I can't do it because you're going to get annoyed, like today, because you're going to get annoyed with me. And I know that you're just wanting to get to this next one. Well, yeah, I mean, this was the whole thing. This is my thing. Like, you just, you you know, we're not going to go deep diving right now. This is my thing. Let me do my thing. I understand that. And in the spirit of sharing, I won't go into it. But I will tell you, when it's my thing, we will spend more time on it. (laughs) That's fair. Okay? It's totally fair. So, can I read the second story now? Yes. Thank you. Jeepers. All right. I One gotta... second. If you hear me typing, I'm, I'm writing it down. You're so writing down this. notes? Yeah. Go for All it. All right. Here we go. My boyfriend and I have a very happy and pleasurable sex life. I enjoy having sex with him, and I'm sure he feels the same way about me. The only problem we have is that he prevents me from touching certain parts of his body. And I must touch every part of his body and kiss it. I told him that if I could, I would tie him up 
and just touch him, kiss him, lick him wherever I wanted to. It makes me feel so good when I lick his balls. But he objects to that because he claims that my touch is too delicate. When I squeeze his balls and lick his penis, it seems to turn him on even more. I really don't know why licking and squeezing his balls turns me on so much, but it does. Maybe it's because his penis is so big and it looks so good when it's hard. What I need to know is, should I stop trying to persuade him to let me lick and squeeze his balls, or should I keep trying? Miss P.S. Indianapolis, Indiana. What, what life am I living? <laughs> I almost made it to the end without giggling. I almost oh, made it. <laughs> That's great. What is what is this life of mine? I'm just like really studiously listening to you <laughs> reading this, and I'm like, mm, and I'm like, this is absurd. Um, <laughs> oh, I feel before you read the advice on that, I really feel like whether this was written by the editor or not, editor or advice giver, whoever this person is, if not. Perhaps this is a legitimate question, but I feel like the language of it might have got a little polishing up, yeah. <laughs> you know, in a way that might be more erotic to the reader. Right. Um, I'm not saying there are maybe not some women that would enjoy that or or find that pleasurable. It's just the the way that it's presented feels a little a little over the top in a way that does not quite feel authentic to how people naturally speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can feel you there. Yeah, there was a little too much emphasis. Like, I'm not saying somebody doesn't enjoy that, but like, you know, how much she loved the squeaky, like squeezing and the licking of balls. Like there was just a real elaboration and intensity that feels a little bit like maybe so readers might get aroused by that in some kind of way. Yeah, especially when she's like, and his dick was so big. <laughs> I mean, it all just, it was almost like a Saturday Night Live sketch of like what a sexy commentating thing would be. Anyway, it was hilarious. It feels a little, it feels a little bit like what someone would want someone to be saying about their penis and how they like to touch them when they're not around. But totally agree. We will listen to this advice nonetheless, because, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Exactly. Going all the way. (laughs) Going all the way, Doc. Okay. So here is the advice from the Playboy expert. We always hate to see a romance break up, but if yours ever does, there are a few guys around here who would be more appreciative of you than your current beau. (laughs) Tie the sucker up and be a bit less delicate. This is what is known as a compromise. Enjoy it. Mm. Thank you, Playboy experts. Thank you. I just want you to know that Jeremiah James at the University of Pleasure appreciates you and appreciates you helping that poor woman find a compromise. Thank you, Playboy. (laughs) I wish this is when we should have, like, be recording us. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. uh, I'm gonna go ahead. You know, it's rare that I do this, Jeremiah, but I'm gonna go ahead and say a two thumbs down. A two thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, this is such a great day. Such a great day. Two thumbs down. Wow. Oh, God. Where do I begin on what I suspect is maybe not even a real concern that someone wrote in with? But if it was, because some people might. So the stuff that would maybe be a real concern, right, is someone being like, hey, something that I like my partner actually finds like, like is oversensitive, you know what I mean? Or like finds it to be too much in some kind of way, but I really like doing it. So if we take that bit as truth, or at least just look at that, because I'm trying to mill out what I can right, <laughs> from right. this tragedy, um, that is a real dilemma. And that does come up. And uh, that advice would be terrible <laughs> advice, right? If you have a partner that's saying, hey, that's too sensitive, or I don't really like it when you do that. Don't tie them up and do it anyone anyway because they're secretly liking it. That's called not being like engaging in consensual behavior. Exactly. And also just being a really bad sexual partner, right? Like because different just because you might find something really erotic doesn't mean that another person's body might not be sensitive into it in a certain way. And that also doesn't mean like the way that like sometimes arousal works, something that's sensitive at the beginning of like an interaction, the more aroused they become, it might become less sensitive later on, right? So sometimes also just learning how to be patient can help with that and communicating. And so there's so many other solutions than being like, hey, you should get rid of them and get with one of us. Yeah, you should or, come over here to the old Playboy, uh, you know, editor's room where we all love having our yeah. balls jerked on and licked and... Being told how big we are, yeah, yeah. Come on over oh, to the Playboy gross. Mansion and we'll help you feel that's, better. You're so underappreciated. <laughs> that's so gross in so many ways. I just, um, it's so ridiculous. I would yeah. like to be very clear is, to by our- By the way, this, this is what I love. Would you say this is, that's what's known as compromise? That's what's known is as compromise. That is not what compromise is. Are you sure he's an expert? That sounds like some, I, we, you were using that term very uh, loosely, I think. Um, <laughs> but like that would be known as just like doing what, that would be like the opposite of compromise, just doing what you want that allows you to feel good and not caring about consequence or meaning or impact on another person. So that would be a big two thumbs down. I don't big love that advice. two thumbs down. You heard it here. The doc, we did it. We did it, listeners. The doc stepped out of her gray is gray for all variations of gray for the world and everyone around it. And straight up went black and white and said that one right there ain't wrong. Two thumbs well, I down. Mean, Two thumbs down. I mean, I think p part of this is because as you're reading these, I feel highly suspect that these are some of them. Maybe they're real, but they really feel like these over eroticized questions that are really just another way to like kind of talk about an erotic fantasy or like something that's like would be hot do you know what i mean that would turn people on i totally disagree so with you really i totally disagree like with you because if questions. no these i totally disagree because if you just look at one of the other ones that i'm not going to read the whole thing you know you can tell that these are for men and women it's very very diverse here doc this is not just hypersexualized for a cisgender man i mean here just this one right here just the beginning paragraph my neighbor just bought a new diesel car. I think it's noisy and smoky, <laughs> especially when he starts it in the morning. He thinks it's terrific. 
He says it gets great mileage, never needs a tune-up, should last forever. Are diesels really everything they're cracked up to be? <laughs> That's, by the way, interspersed with all of these other sex questions. One second, I want to ask real quick. Is the automotive guy the same guy giving <laughs> feedback and on sex? I, I mean, that... I, he must be. He must be. <laughs> I mean, this was, by the way, that that one paragraph has like three paragraphs of an answer of diesels being great cars and why. But these long sex things literally have like a half a paragraph (laughs) of advice. So, I mean, I don't want to say that you're 100 percent right. I mean, one second. Like, just help me out here. What are you, are you saying there is more extensive advice on the diesel engine than there is? It's like 10 times more extensive advice <laughs> on the diesel engine than well, like literally. That's, you know what, but that is also very telling, right? Because people think that sex is supposed to be simple, right? So the advice should be very simple, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's super easy. Just do this. And by the way, that's why people struggle so much with sex is because we suggests that the advice and the feedback for real problems should be simple. Okay, so I I want to be very clear, and and this is why you're so right on the money. So when you're reading this, it's like, we finished that, the guy's asking about a diesel car. It's like a full three paragraphs of why diesels are great, why diesels are diesels, and it goes on and on and on and on. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I just want to give you the, the very beginning here. Could swallowing semen during ejaculation be a cause of early miscarriages? Okay, that's just the beginning sentence of this long question, okay? And the advice is a half a paragraph. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. Yeah, well, I don't even know how to go. We don't even have time for that. Otherwise, no, but, are you kidding? Uh, if that's a whole episode in and of itself, that's what I'm trying to get at here is maybe. By the way, I don't I don't know what the advice was on that, but I don't think that that's something that has been empirically suggested in any way. I, I would have to say, Doc, I would agree with you. And I am certainly not a scientist. But um... but also, if that was a real question, somebody wrote in with, to be fair, you know, a lot of folks, even still now, have not gotten very good sex education. So sometimes it's really hard to know what causes what, and people get told all sorts of misinformation. Hang on a second. Are there really people out there that genuinely, because they bad sex education, believe that if someone swallows semen that they'll have a miscarriage? I mean, like that's people misinformation is easily spread, Jeremy. I listen, I can't. This is this is supposed to be one of my favorite episodes. I can't go deep diving into this right now. That's just way too much for my brain to process right, right now. I mean, I'm not saying, I don't think that that's a common thing, but I'm telling you, I've had plenty of people come in and I, I have asked questions where, especially around like reproduction and things surrounding reproduction, where I literally have been like, you know, like sort of almost surprised at the question. Like I would have assumed like sort of like, of course not, but you know, when we like back up and I look at and like help them look at like, okay, what, what, where does that question come from? Almost like almost always it backs up into like a complete lack of any kind of access to sex education or experiences with sex basic. I'm talking like basic sex education. Now, a lot of times then people are afraid to ask. And so then they don't ask and they maybe just hear something or they like attach onto something. And to be fair, like People talk about sex all the time like they're an expert on the subject. Thus, the advice just tie somebody up if they don't want something and they'll be happy with it, right? Like people have historically, 
and still very freely just give a sex advice as though it's truth. And then people take that as truth and then they carry that on. And it's a game of telephone and they tell the next person. That's why people are widely misinformed about sex all the time and literally the entire reason we do this podcast. I was going to say that the whole reason the University of Pleasure exists, why I'm so grateful for you. Otherwise, I'd be taking all of my sex tips from Playboy issues from the 80s. You know what and you I mean? Would believe that, and you would believe that all sexual problems have to do with having way too much sex way that too both much. people are absolutely enjoying yep. and having just the world's most beautiful penises and everyone loving everything they're doing. Of course. And I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Some people actually are having those experiences and good, great. I'm happy. Well, good fantastic. for them. Well, great for them. And a lot of other people are also not having those experiences. And if you are somebody that's not, that's not atypical. <laughs> that, that's a pretty reasonable life experience. Well, everybody out there in the University of Pleasure, we've come to the end of this episode, but I all want to make sure that you mark your calendars because today was the day. And I feel like we all did it together as a community. We got the doc to give a definitive thumbs up or thumbs down. And this time it was I've two given, thumbs down. I've downs. given two thumbs down. You brought in that one book with that one guy. I don't remember his name. Yeah, but, but you like never did it so emphatically that you didn't even hammer haw. You just went straight two thumbs down today. It was totally different, okay? Maybe, I don't listen to every episode that we've done. You want me to go back and do that research before <laughs> I make such a grand gesture? <laughs> Let me just make my grand gesture. I mean, I mean, I think part of it is that you maybe, I'm, I'm assuming you don't, go back and listen to all the ones we record but i think my concern is that you're also not listening while we're recording what are you talking about i listen i'm i'm a great listener you know what that's such a good cue we haven't done was jeremiah listening in a while i don't like that i don't like doing that segment (laughs) we haven't done that segment in a while where i come in with quiz questions to see if you were listening i like to do it when greg's on though that's really fun i don't want to do that I don't like those episodes. They're not as fun as trying to pin you down. All right, forget it. That's another episode to come at some point in time. I'm trying to wrap this up. This is my episode today. Okay, thank you, Playboy. Thank you, Goldie Hawn, being on the front of Playboy and letting us name my truck after you. Incidentally, Goldie Hawn, if you'd like to come on the University of Pleasure with Kurt Russell, we'd love to have you. And uh, I would just also like to thank you, Doc, as always. Thank you for all the advice. Thank you for everything that you do for so many people. And uh, everybody out there, take care of yourselves and each other. Things are still kind of crazy. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you all in person soon. And we'll let you know what's going on with the Amy book. Yada, yada, yada. Thank you all so much. Be kind to yourselves and each other. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, Doc. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media. 